0: Welcome to the Annie gamers Podcast. This is episode number 124. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, is David Estrella.
1: I'm also your host.
0: <laughs> We're still doing this bit. Okay. <laughs> I just,
1: I just, I didn't want to reference it, but we fucked it so badly that I just wanted to keep it plain and simple.
0: Right. The, we fucked the intro up multiple times before the recording of this episode. Uh, David is back from a spooky guest episode on our sister spooky. show old taku no radio you know
1: what was really spooky about that the uh reaching the deadline i feel yeah. like i feel like ink just hit publish
0: uh a couple of minutes before we did this wait did he is it up yeah it's up <laughs> oh, <really>? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, perfect timing. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, you, you uh, talked about Higurashi for Halloween on Old Takuno Radio because those That's guys right. are like way more on top of having topical episodes. So they actually have a Halloween episode where they're reviewing a an actual horror anime.
1: Yeah, I felt like I was there doing recon work for for AGP, just like see, like, uh, what uh, what fucked up things can we fix now? So first thing, uh,
0: oh, we're fixing it right now. Okay, yeah, let's the first go.
1: thing is the intro, which got it.
0: Yeah, we fixed that we by fixed doing that. it like five different times before we got it right.
1: Uh, second is probably going to be content, but that's a that's going to be a work in progress.
0: Okay, right? Like having good content. Yeah, that's, we're, we're kind of starting from zero there, but but maybe eventually we can have zero some good becomes content on one, the
1: show. one becomes ten, ten becomes a hundred,
0: a <laughs> hundred comes back. I'm to foreshadowing, zero. aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the show. We are uh, are putzing around a lot here before we tell you what this is going to be about. Uh, we are not talking about any Halloween stuff this episode, other than uh, we got like a question I or tried. two about Halloween stuff. I
1: and- actually tried before before we came on. Uh, I tried to uh, try to play Silent Hill three yesterday. Oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Well- <laughs> but you know, at the same time, we are recording on Halloween and right we're we never publish until like a week after so it would have been po- kind of pointless anyway.
0: <laughs> damn i'm getting some shade over here i usually publish within a couple of days <laughs> uh,
1: you're you're good you're good about it i'm just uh just ribbon
0: uh personally i'm not actually a huge horror fan which is why i often don't really remember to you like get do anything for halloween yeah I, I i curl up and start screaming and just you know get completely kya. terrified yeah i say kya exactly like that but uh, yeah, we do have uh, something to review this episode. David and I both watched an anime movie called Black Fox that we're going to talk about at the end of the show.
1: I wa- So this is this is the twist. I watched it first and then you said, I'll watch right. it. Normally, it's the other way around where you're like, David, watch <laughs> this or you're not recording.
0: Yeah, uh, something like that, I suppose. Uh, and before we get to Black Fox, we're going to talk about some news and then uh, a couple things in our queue that we have been checking out lately. So with that, let's move on to news. First off, video game news Uh, that I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to talk about this. We were talking about it a little bit before the show. So figure it's worth bringing up Fortnite 2, the sequel to Fortnite. It's not really. It's Fortnite Chapter 2. Everyone kept calling it Fortnite 2 because I guess that was funny. that,
1: That kind of branding is absolutely lifted from the
0: It movie, isn't it? Yeah, I think the It movie invented chapters. That sounds about right, David. Right nailed it
1: you know it, so stephen king is that big of an author for a reason evan
0: that's yeah that's true
1: there were no chapters before that people were like this guy's pretty
0: good it's like i could take a break in the middle of reading a book i was writing one big book before and i was just like wow it's just one thing for start to finish but what if i like put it in little parts right yeah what if like you split things up in a very logical and orderly fashion They don't call him King for nothing. Oh, go off. Anyway, so Fortnite—they're calling this Fortnite Chapter Two. I was just looking at uh, because I hadn't actually checked out the some of the the actual like features in it. It really is just an update, as far as I could tell. It doesn't seem like yeah. Well, they didn't make it like a side scroller or which would be kind of cool. A a MOBA. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Slightly less cool if they made it a MOBA, but uh, yeah, it's it really just seems to be some updates i might check it out because i've Fortnite is a game that i enjoyed and then just stopped playing um maybe just because i don't really know that many people who play it because i'm not friends with you know 12 year olds but it was fun when i when i played it when it first came out I, I did kind of enjoy it
1: i mean as far as i know the uh Fortnite people haven't yet been canceled for uh being anti-free hong kong so maybe That's maybe true. you're gonna maybe you're, you maybe you will actually fit right in evan
0: uh, I think considering my age, I will not fit right in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're, you're just going to get like oh, like 99 people on mic telling you to go away, Boomer, until you actually just give up because it's impossible to play.
0: Here's the thing. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but I will often talk to people who play a lot of video games, right? They're like, they play more games than me, right? They're They're very active gamers. And they'll be like, Oh man, Fortnite. I don't even get what that is. The kids these days. And I'm like, "Have you played Fortnite?" I mean, it's a third-person <laughs> shooter. Like, it's really not that different from anything you've ever played before. But they'll be like, "Whoa, the kids. They're all crazy on the Fortnite."
1: It's like it's like how people used to treat uh well, like actual children when they would bring their Game Boys with Pokémon loaded in. I mean, it's an RPG, right? It was it was a handheld RPG. The thing is like there's a huge culture behind it. Like you can literally walk into like a Walmart and just buy toys based on, I don't know, characters, things that that I didn't even realize that Fortnite had like characters in it.
0: Well, it has the, I guess it has like skins, right? The skins. Yeah.
1: But then to like make a toy based on the skin, I'm assuming that the skin
0: doesn't really have like a backstory. Yeah. I can't imagine that the skins have any backstory to them except for the one uh that's john wick and it's you know his, uh, oh, they killed his all... dog yeah, yeah he's got a bunch of movies so yeah yeah that's a, obviously yeah it's high in there and then there's the thanos skin right so that guy
1: what they um, put a
0: thanos skin in there yeah so so that guy you know his backstory is uh well wait thanos doesn't have backstory right he just is mad and wants to kill it yeah he everybody. snaps his fingers <laughs> yeah <laughs> So that's what I have to say about Fortnite. That's my Fortnite bit. Is uh, you've played a third person shooter before, maybe you don't get what the culture is, but you understand what the game is. So uh, you know, shut up, boomer. Even though they're they're also my age, they're not. They're also not boomers. (laughs) Okay, so we got some anime news, or actually, some HBO news. It's both HBO and anime news. God, we have to like
1: start covering HBO shows on Andy Gamers now. HBO is HBO's
0: anime. I've already talked about his dark materials twice. So, we're already careening toward talking about HBO. On the, show. I feel like that's just going to be a show. That's just
1: going to be a show on this podcast.
0: Well, it may or may not be a thing that I am legitimately uh, trying to figure out a way to do a podcast about. It might not be it probably won't be on this feed, but uh, if I do a podcast, you'll hear about it. I might do it in his dark materials podcast. Uh so so here's the deal there's two pieces of news. The f- second one is actually maybe even more like of a big deal than the first one, but they're both pretty big. So the first one was that, uh, so there's HBO max, right? The HBO streaming service sort of positioning itself to compete with Netflix and, uh, and Disney plus, and I guess Amazon prime video, I suppose, uh, and whatever other ones, I guess Hulu is a couple of, right? Nowadays we have like a million of these things. So, HBO Max, as I understand it, is basically going to operate as an independent streaming service that has shows that are available on the regular HBO cable service. You won't need to get, like, cable for this. Yeah, it's independent from getting cable. Because they were already doing HBO Go, but was that... Well, there's also HBO... uh, What was it? Stop? No, it was something else. HBO Go? (laughs) No, there's another one. There's HBO Go, which is the, like app HBO, for accessing light. the hbo that you get through the cable company hbo now which i'm not 100 sure the difference i've never oh used that.
1: right yeah no because it's kind of a nightmare or at least i remember it was like just at the in the end i just used somebody else's account but i think one well, that's is, what everybody does i think one is like if you've already subscribed to the premium package on uh on your cable company and then the other one was like oh if you just wanted to like stream the shows
0: yeah. So actually I'm not I'm not totally sure if Max is replacing now. That would sort of make sense make, to me. Yeah, it would make a lot more sense because yeah. it's just kind of redundant. But I think maybe the difference is that Max is going to have exclusives that are not available on the cable version, I believe.
1: So finally giving up on cable. That that that's how far we've come. It's just like cable is
0: over. Yeah, I mean that's obviously the way things are moving, right? With all these shows on Netflix and now Disney Plus. So anyway, it, this this service HBO Max announced that they had licensed the streaming rights to the Studio Ghibli catalog, which will be the first time that Ghibli movies are streaming anywhere in at least in the US, but I think they also haven't really streamed in Japan, I could be wrong. They've shown on TV a lot in Japan, I know that, and and occasionally here in the US, and they're they've definitely done like theatrical screenings in Japan and the US. So that's kind of a big deal uh like the ghibli movies more than evangelion rights oh yeah for sure right i mean it's multiple (laughs) movies outside of them also being like really really famous popular movies so ghibli at least got a fat check out of it oh yeah so this is really interesting right because hbo didn't really have any anime before this and uh basic i mean they actually they might have had they might have licensed a couple of anime movies here and there cuz you know they always, they have like a rotating collection of Ooh, movies like that they show Ponyo and right probably and just show them on like may- on rotation maybe. they also uh actually i'm just thinking about this i i, I think that the Fist of the North Star movie wasn't was like exclusively aired on HBO the the uh, the live action Fist of no. the North Star movie when it first came out, yeah. Actually, now that, you're, <laughs> now that
1: we're talking about this, that reminds me that, well, first time I think I saw anime on <laughs> on cable, I think that
0: was like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. I think that might have been on HBO. What's really interesting here is that HBO is targeting, you know, a more mainstream audience than something like Crunchyroll more or any Sega anime-specific service. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the Ghibli movies are, you know, pretty genuinely like, cross like they're they're crossover hits in the they're US there is crossover right, they, as
1: you can possibly get
0: pretty much right like they're watched by people who don't really watch any other anime other than Ghibli movies so it actually makes a lot of sense for them to go on HBO it's also you know they have this kind of prestige thing which HBO has Ugh. this brand that is like Ugh. you know they they have a brand that 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 people associate with some level of like you know prestige movies and television so, the Ghibli stuff kind of does make sense on there. So, that's kind of a big deal. But what was it? Was, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Because they announced that, and you're like, okay, there's going to be anime on HBO and it's going to be Ghibli movies, but it seems a little weird to only have Ghibli movies and then have no other anime on HBO, right? Like, you'll have some people who will watch them, but. You have to imagine that you'll have some people who are a little bit more interested in other anime and like, where do they go from Ghibli movies, right, if you have them on HBO. And so the other shoe dropped, I think, yesterday, two days ago. And this kind of ties into something we've talked about on the show before, which is that Crunchyroll is part of Warner Media now, right? So they're because they got bought by AT&T. They got reorganized under Warner Media, So... Warner Media is, you know, Warner Brothers, uh, media conglomerate that owns Crunchyroll, it owns Adult Swim, and it, and I think Cartoon Network, and it owns uh, HBO, right? So they're all under there. So there's like this corporate synergy going on. So then HBO Max announced that they will also have titles from Adult Swim and from Crunchyroll. So now there's like an actual anime and animation library. That they can put together on there that starts to make a lot more sense, right? And we've got this tweet uh, showing the titles, or showing like a not exactly announcing these specific titles, but but these are uh, this is like a shot from the press conference where they've got these like uh, splash banners that have f- screenshots from various shows. So some s- stuff that will n- make it on from Crunchyroll. So this is this is kind of interesting. Like they they said they're going to have a selection curated by the by Crunchyroll of, and they said, like, new anime every quarter. So that's not a ton of detail yet, but what I take that to mean is that we will probably not be getting simulcasts on HBO Max, right? Partially because that's just a different model, but also, maybe more importantly, because simulcasts, they involve a lot of, like, operational work that is fairly unique that not, you know, like, Crunchyroll has that operational capacity to do simulcasts and like you know all these anime companies have it because that's part of the anime model so like funimation and and like high dive and sentai they they all have the capacity to do that but i doubt that hbo does so they would need to be basically like using like crunchyroll would need to be distributing their simulcast directly onto hbo and then hbo's ui would have to you know be built around simulcasts and it's probably it's unlikely they're going to do simulcasts so they're probably going to dump stuff like after they finish airing, probably after they've dubbed them. I bet they're going to try to dub everything that they put on there, similar so to how a Netflix, Netflix does it. yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah. So we've got this, uh, this Flash image here with a bunch of anime titles. So let's run through so, some of the ones that we recognize. I actually don't recognize all of these. I don't, but, I uh, recognize three. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got more than that. So we've got Yuru Camp, Again, these are not like confirmed to be on the service, but I doubt they would have put them on this splash image if they weren't gonna, if they hadn't already like approved them. So, Eurocamp, Black Fox, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit. Uh, some other stuff I don't totally recognize. Uh, Active Raid, Sweetness and Lightning. That looks like maybe Overlord, but it's hard to tell from that image. Uh, Derrida, that, that uh, Yoshitoshi Abe show. There's the Antarctica show. What's that called? What's the name of that show? I
1: don't know. I thought it was like the Dead Mom show. Is it? I think that's isn't the dead, dead Mom show.
0: No, Sweetness and Lightning is the Dead Mom show. I think they can both be Dead Mom shows. <laughs> um, I think that's MMO Junkie, maybe if I'm recognizing oh, the extremely uh, canceled happy.
1: MMO Junkie. Canceled the...
0: anime, yeah. <laughs> that's the wow. Yeah, that's the really canceled one, isn't it? That's the Nazi director one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. Makes sense. Yeah. Be on there. Goma-chan, I believe, is the seal anime. The, like, oh, I thought that was the like, perverted the hamster anime. No, that's... Uh, oh, what's the name of that? Ebichu? Ebichu. I was like, what What the fuck's Ebichu doing on this list? No, that's goma about a seal. So, what what, it, what looks to be the case here is that these are all shows where Crunchyroll is on the production committee. So, I, I bet that the only ones that they... Immediately have the rights to use are ones where you know they actually have the international distribution rights. Well, I bet they feel
1: really smart having been involved in in those in those shows. Just I mean, like, that
0: <laughs> that's the point of doing easier. it, right? Is that it's is it's that they can yeah they can exploit the rights for it more easily because they're on the production committee.
1: They don't have to like so, go fishing around for more rights.
0: Yeah, so I I'm kind of doubting you're going to see like Naruto on HBO because. I mean, it, it, it could happen, but, like, Crunchyroll would need to, or Boruto, I guess, Crunchyroll would need to, like, go back and ask for those rights if they haven't already gotten them, right? So it might it might involve renegotiation. I would almost imagine that
1: just having a bunch of, like, Shonen Jump titles uh, is maybe... Another package for some other streaming companies. So like we could further fracture the whole. Like <laughs> okay, I gotta watch Crunchyroll shows on HBO. I gotta watch Naruto on. I don't know. I don't know what other channel Showtime.
0: Yeah, mm, Naruto on Showtime. Interesting. I mean, Naruto
1: next to Twin Peaks would be quite the quite quite the image to see. <laughs> If you if you like Twin Peaks the return, you might also like
0: Naruto Shippuden. I mean it is basically Naruto the return, right? So <laughs> 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 So, I guess last thought here is what this means for Crunchyroll because to be honest, um you know, maybe there's there's some some part of this deal. I'm sure there's parts of this deal that we're not seeing like, you know, I I don't have any insider we're info have to here to speculate here. Yeah. So The weird thing is that if you're Crunchyroll, right, like what you're doing here is you're giving a bunch of your titles to HBO and it's within within your parent company, right? So it's not not directly like a competitor from the Warner perspective, but from the Crunchyroll perspective, like HBO is pretty much a competitor, right? Like
1: I wanted to bring up like what happened to to VRV? I'm not sure. Essentially the same deal. Weren't they just going to like be the place where you got everything?
0: Yeah, Verve, mm. Verve seems to be in a weird place here, stuck between Crunchyroll and HBO Max.
1: Because if I was Verve, I would be like, well, fuck, HBO is gonna is gonna just swallow up whatever territory that they've got, and all that territory
0: just seemed like it was borrowed from different
1: places to begin with.
0: Right. That that's kind of the Verve model, right? Is is licensing from these different uh sources and putting them all together on a single service. So yeah, I just think for Crunchyroll, if if you're like a slightly more casual anime fan where you, you know, you're going to watch a couple big shows but you're also watching a bunch of live action TV, it like I could understand before subscribing to both Crunchyroll and Netflix, right? Because Netflix has this live action stuff. It also has anime, but maybe it doesn't have some of these big anime titles that you want to watch that are on Crunchyroll. So you might pay for both, right? But in this scenario, now HBO has all their like, you know, prestige TV, HBO stuff. They've got Adult Swim and they've got like selected hits from Crunchyroll and they've got Ghibli movies and I could see that casual fan just being like, "Oh, you know, honestly, HBO will give me Crunchyroll too. So, why not just do is, that?"
1: I wonder if this is resulting from the foresight of a lot of people saying like, "Well, Media is becoming in such a way where it's splintering off into at least like a dozen different services mm-hmm. that you could realistically sign up for because there's two it's got enough things to convince you that it might be right. a good investment. And I think a lot of people would be feeling like they're getting burned by the by the deal. Then it's essentially just cable again where you pay a lot of money and then you only watch like a really small fraction of what's actually available. And especially in the light of stuff like Disney Plus. Mm-hmm where that's like stuff that people really want to watch and that's got i think a lot of potential it's like as it goes on it's just going to have more stuff for people to say like okay now it's like it's getting to the point where i can't go on living without my disney plus subscription (laughs) so what what hbo max seems poised to be is like kind of an answer to this where now they can't go this route of saying like you have to like subscribe for five different things now it's like okay you only subscribe for one big thing i don't
0: know how much they want to charge for this yeah i actually don't know if they announced the price yet i'm Um, assuming 20 yeah i'm sure it'll be more expensive than subscribing to crunchyroll so that might be a differentiating factor for like i mean certainly for for core anime fans it might make more sense to just subscribe to crunchyroll because it'll be cheaper and if your main thing is anime then, you know, why subscribe to this, like, more expensive thing that has other stuff on it?
1: Yeah, and a but lot of people... I'm, I'm
0: just kind of worried about the more casual people peeling off, which mm. seems like, you know, good for Warner, right? I mean, Warner is going to get your money either way, mm-hmm. but maybe not good for Crunchyroll, like, good for HBO and not Crunchyroll. Yeah.
1: I think what Crunchyroll wants to do is just put as much of its stuff in as many places as it possibly right. can.
0: I guess, right, I should clarify... Not good for Crunchyroll's subscriber numbers, but potentially good for Crunchyroll's business, right? Because I'm sure Crunchyroll gets money from this deal. Mm-hmm. But it just might mean Crunchyroll turns out to be a different kind of company in terms of the service they provide. Like who knows, right? Oh, maybe. Like if they don't
1: have to stream anymore.
0: <laughs> right, and right. I mean, theoretically, if this consolidates down to HBO Max being the the service under Warner Media, then maybe Crunchyroll is a, I don't know, like an imprint. Mm-hmm under it that does licensing and translation and stuff now we'd be getting into the sort of speculation or we can't like
1: we can't really tell what it's going to be like if people really take to this sort of thing then you know it might make more sense for Crunchyroll to just license stuff
0: right right which would be kind of weird but and i don't know if that would be good uh (laughs) because like you know we we've, we've been talking about the big media consolidation and that feels like what's going on here right so it sort of makes Crunchyroll into a smaller and smaller part of this larger media thing. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about a couple things in our queue before we move on to Black Fox. David, I am volunteering you to go first.
1: <laughs> Evan's got to clear his throat, everybody. It's true. I actually, like, I know we always joke, like, oh, yeah, we'll check more of this out uh, later. But then I actually did check out more of that Super Nintendo Switch service that they've got going on. Um, part of it was because our streaming schedule was a little bit weird and we didn't have anything prepared for Saturday. So I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to play the entirety of Super Mario World in one sitting to free Hong Kong. And <laughs> I did not free Hong Kong, but we did manage did you to free Princess of- Peach. Now, we did manage to convince uh, a few people that May from uh, May Overwatch from Overwatch said free Hong Kong and trans rights and a few other things. Um, and I actually did finish all of Super Mario World, although we kind of lost count for the amount of exits because every level has multiple exits, or some of them do. Um, in the end, we just said, like, you know what? Everybody's tired. Uh, let's all we'll just wrap it up. Because it didn't really seem like we were freeing Hong Kong anytime soon. <laughs> uh, I was really impressed by the uh, the service actually, because that was like a full game with. I'm assuming uh, is it cloud based or is it? Do they put the game on?
0: I think on the your game. Hardware?
1: I think the game runs on your hardware. That would make sense. Pretty sure. It's not... Yeah, because
0: like, you go, you can play it offline. Yeah,
1: because it. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So imagine like having to connect to a server in Nintendo
0: to play. Uh, An old Super Nintendo ROMs, just that's excessive. I think it does have to like phone home sometimes to check that you still have your online service that you're still like paying for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, it looks looks great. Uh, I didn't really see any problems with audio or or uh, video. Like a, I think that's like a very frequent issue with a lot of these um, games that run on other hardware where it's like the casual player wouldn't really notice that something's kind of slightly off. But then somebody who has obsessively played Super Mario World as much as I have, like I would notice if I was missing a certain jump where like that jump is just one that I will always make. It's not an option that I'll miss that jump. But yeah, now I'm going to, I'm actually considering just running through the library now because that was actually really nice. Mm -hmm. And it was a good streaming thing as well. Cause he could just like pop in and the assumption I think is going to be that there's going to be more games on the service. So right. by the time, you know, in like eight weeks or now when I'm starting to like run out of uh, the current inventory, you know, there'll be something new.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to get in there and play more of them. I haven't really touched it since the last time that we talked about it. I, I, I like super Mario world. I want to revisit it. I've never been like a huge side scrolling Mario person, but I, I like side scroll like Mario side scrollers. I just haven't played that many of them. So that's Super Mario World. I am watching some anime. We we actually talked about Dororo, which I'm watching now a little bit on a previous show, but I cut it for time. I I was reading the manga at the time or rereading the manga, and uh, I'm almost done with the anime right now, about two episodes from the end. Uh, and I've, you know, this is something that came out earlier this year and I really meant to watch it but was just, you know, busy and not really watching seasonal anime so i'm a big fan of the original manga i I reread it recently so this is a manga by osamu tezuka and uh it's kind of like the original manga is cool because it's very um it's like this feudal action like supernatural action manga that feels kind of ahead of its time for like a shonen action story it's like sekiro I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played <laughs> just Sekiro. Throw that, just throw that at you. See it's what the you Sekiro it. of, of, of manga. anime. <laughs> well, the anime might be more like Sekiro because the manga has that kind of goofy Tezuka thing, where it's it's actually it has some fairly you know heavy themes. The main character has his his body parts stolen by demons, and he's you know betrayed by his own family. So it, it's kind of tragic, right? Oh. It, it takes place during these feudal wars. Sekiro the samurai... was
1: absolutely ripped like everything from this to it?
0: <laughs> Wait, does Sekiro have the body parts being stolen? Bit? Well, just the arm, but the arm is oh, like a big thing. That's actually very similar. Wow. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's an inspiration because this manga came out in like the '60s. So I mean, it, it would have had a lot of time to make its way yeah. into <laughs> into Miyazaki's uh, kind of wheelhouse. <laughs> The manga has that stuff but it's also kind of goofy and has these Tezuka jokes in it. The anime, which I initially thought was cool and now I'm a little bit less sold on it. The anime is like full edge lord, right? It's it's mostly yeah, I heard just it was really edgy. the serious stuff. Yeah, not the not it doesn't have much of the comedy from the original. It's super edgy. I mean, it's it's like the the main character can't speak for most of the show and is just sort of grunting and murdering things. Yeah, I think it's as a an edgy serious show. It kind of gets better later and I we might do a whole review on it. I I'm sort of like more sold on it now that I'm in the final act of the story when the serious stuff starts to like coalesce into a a pretty good like tragic kind of like shakespearean drama with like, you know, family members at, at each other's throats and this like big, you know, massive tragedy. This classic tragic style where it's like whoever wins, the outcome is going to be bad, right? Somebody's
1: going to cry at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm enjoying it now. The, some of the action scenes are really great because the like, main character at the beginning of the story has swords for all four limbs. So wow. that makes for some super cool action scenes. Sekiro? I'm going to say Sekiro again because there's an <laughs> en- enemy like that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right, so that's Dororo. I might uh, loop back on that once I'm done with it. I think it's time to move on to Ooh, man, our review for the episode.
1: You want to drop the hard
0: facts on everybody's head? Let's do it. Let's drop some hard facts. Black Fox is an original anime film from Studio 3 Hertz. These are the creators of Flip Flappers, which Flip is Flappers a show... was an
1: original show, right? That's right. Which basically put them on the map. See, this was what really... This was what was really interesting to me is that 3 Hertz is keeping alive the tradition of doing anime that's original property
0: yeah i mean that that's one of the really cool things about both black fox and flip flappers and i'm not the biggest fan of either of these i'll say but i'm very happy that three hertz is putting their you know pretty talented group of animators to work on like even if flawed kind of like interesting ambitious uh original projects
1: like that's, that's got to be a net good, isn't it? Just yeah. making something that's not based on something else and relying on your staff to have the ability to accomplish something that's pretty good, mm-hmm. original, doesn't have to rely on a, like another brand or story that everybody's familiar with. Yeah. So who is the staff on this thing?
0: Well, first off, I wanted to point out, this is co-produced by Crunchyroll and They kind of, you know, have been pushing it pretty hard, as they do with a lot of their co-productions. and They actually did. uh, They actually premiered on their show, uh, on on their uh, channel website. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It premiered on their website
1: at the same time as the movie had come out
0: in Japan. In Japan, I think it was a limited theatrical screening. I think the world premiere of it was also at Crunchyroll Expo. Like in the US, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's screened for the first time at CRX. And then, uh, yeah, I guess they put it up on Crunchyroll the same time as the Japanese release.
1: I didn't even know that they... <laughs> I had no idea that they screened it first at the uh, Crunchyroll Expo. I just thought that was like the first drop of it. Because I, mm. ha- I had no idea what this thing was before yeah. um, Before name-dropping Nazel. I'm going to name-drop <laughs> Nazl because he was the one that was talking about it. He was, he was talking big about it on, uh, mm-hmm. on the Discord. And I saw like, wow, it's just It's just the whole thing on Crunchyroll. Better check it
0: out. Yeah, I I like having like movies on Crunchyroll available for streaming because I prefer movies because I don't have to sit through a whole TV show. Yeah, they've also they've got some other movies
1: on there, too, which Mm -hmm. is like this isn't like a one off thing. They are actually now just you can put movies on Crunchyroll. It's just like a big episode of anime. Yeah,
0: exactly. So you were asking about the staff before, so it's it's mm-hmm. created by the studio Three Hertz, which uh, I mentioned was the studio that uh, that created Flip Flappers, and I was kind of curious to see how much crossover there is with Flip Flappers because I kind of came in being like, oh, okay, more Flip Flappers. Well, that was like a show that had some uh, some questionable choices. I feel like it 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 felt a little bit uh, hornier toward its uh like child female characters than i was comfortable with but had some phenomenal animation i mean like the animation in flip flappers is like worth the price of admission pretty much on its own despite uh, the horn yeah despite the horn the animation is great and, and i think it has a, a pretty decent kind of like coming of age story that it's doing and uh yeah it, what's what's interesting here is that the there's not really that big a crossover in the key staff between flip flappers and and uh and black fox which like that's what i expected i was like oh flip flapper seemed like that was a decent success like you got the same people on yeah like like bring those people back and do a follow-up but this do they work for three hertz or do they work like studio to studio oh yeah i'm not sure it's possible that some of those key staff were actually freelancers right who came in for that project mm-hmm. so in in this case this actually looks like it's almost like an animator training program or something like a, like a like little you know, witch yeah, not not part of the animator training I'm gonna, project. I'm but. actually going
1: to be the first name drop for Trigger here. Yeah, true. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be referencing
0: back to Trigger a bunch of times. I think. Uh, who knows? I don't. I don't think my notes mention Trigger very much. But uh, the director here is Keisuke Shinohara, who looks to be pretty much a newcomer. Like I think this is his first full director position. Uh, His previous work is episode director. Uh, So he was an episode director on Flip Flappers episode 11 uh, and did storyboard and direction for Devilman Crybaby episode 6. Keys naive episode 9. I don't specifically remember what those episodes were. Uh, But it has a chief director who's much more experienced. That looks like, you know, that's what makes me feel like this is a training thing. It's like bring in this director, get him started on a new project, but then have a chief director there to supervise it. So the chief director is Kazuya Nomura, who directed the Ghost in the Shell new movie, which we watched. Uh, Joker Game, very boring show. Robotics Notes, Run with I the Wind. Robotics
1: Notes, wow. Oh, really?
0: I haven't seen that, so I don't know much about that show. And then, the, yeah, the script is written by somebody from Flip Flappers, uh, Naoki Hayashi, who wrote scripts for the last cut, like five or six episodes of Flip Flappers. Uh, and also wrote Citrus, the uh, problematic... That's the one people uh, don't like. Yuri show. Yeah. <laughs> there, I
1: felt like there was two big Yuri shows and that was like one that people decisively did not like. Well, C-
0: C- Citrus is the the incest Yuri show. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. All right. Based on a manga. So I don't know if it's Naoki Hayashi's fault. The character designs kind of have some similarity to Flip Flappers in terms of they're like they have these like very large, particularly large eyes uh, with... I think like Flip Flappers had this much more interesting like work on the eyes and like the shading on it. But this is actually a totally different character designer. I thought it might have been the same designer when I first watched it. Uh another guy who's like an animator with very little character design uh experience or or at least very few credits, Atsushi Saito, whose only other character design credit is sub character design on High School Fleet. <laughs> what is sub character? Is that like mob characters? Uh, yeah, it's probably designing, like, side characters or background characters and things. Um, or potentially, yeah, like a one-off character in an episode or something like that. And then a lot of the animators are people who worked on Flip Flappers, so that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, kind of an interesting project. Not what I would expect as a follow-up from 3 Hertz. Uh Well, it's not a follow-up to
1: Flip Flappers. I thought it was a follow-up to... Uh, sword art online gun gale online something something wait was that three hertz i actually didn't know that yeah oh that <laughs> makes hertz sense had a sword art online spinoff adaptation before
0: doing this did they did the gun gale online one about the girl in the pink is that i the think thing? so i think that's the one hmm. i just assumed all the sword art online stuff was a1
1: because they did the first season Hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, me too, but I guess it's just because it's a spin off, it's not like main storyline that they can break from their regular staff on that because that's becoming like a big project. Mm-hmm. You're adapt, I think, that they're, they're gonna just straight up adapt every book in
0: that series because, of course, because it makes a ton of money and everybody right, knows right. About it online. So, anyway, that's kind of getting the staff out of the way and the connection to Flip Flappers here. Uh, David, tell everybody what it's about. What is this? We haven't even uh, talked about that. What is this movie about?
1: Oh man, this movie is about uh, a girl named Rika, and she is training to be a ninja. But as it turns out, she doesn't really care for the old family ways, and it's got this really neat sequence in the in the beginning where she is fighting against a a much more like imposing ninja, like a masked ninja, and. It's a. Uh, it has this revelation where, like, oh no, she's just training with her grandfather. Now her mm-hmm. grandfather is, uh, I, I suppose like the last, like a, the head of this ninja family that's got a whole history. And truth is that Rika just wants to be a, a STEM person. <laughs> she, yeah, she doesn't care about ninjas or any of that. She she, she likes wants to, to learn to code like her dad like her dad she wants to make robots like her dad um and <laughs> there's this there's like this silly like twist where it's like it like the cameras pulled back and you see like the very classical like japanese style house uh has been blown up by their ninja activities but it, like you know it pulls back and you see the forest and pulls back some more and then you see the big city in the background it's like oh it's modern times uh it's more closely like to near future right right but Then, you know, we get to meet uh, her dad. And there's a time skip, right? There's There's two time skips, which is a little bit confusing. Weird, but there's a time skip here. We meet the dad and we get introduced to the drones. Drones are good with the clapping. Drones are good. Drones are a force of good in Black Fox. And now the, the problems... What I found about Black Fox is that it's just kind of difficult to pin down what is wrong with it (laughs) because I didn't like it, but I felt like I didn't have a strong reason as to why
0: I didn't like it. I felt like it was more under the skin. I will say I didn't really like it, but it's the kind of movie where like the bad things about it are still like entertaining to talk about. Yeah. Right. Which is good. Like it's good when something's bad in that way (laughs) because there's not a lot of. There's not a lot of anime like this where
1: they can have like they can have talking robot animal drones that present like moral cases for its main character. Yeah, and it's like it, clearly th- this whole thing was written in another universe because like in my in my eyes, one of, one of the inherent problems is that. We're we're American, so we know all about drones, or at least like some of us that are paying attention. Like, <laughs> the application for for drones
0: as a social good is very limited. Uh, Amazon can deliver you stuff to your house so that they can fire all their workers and uh, pay them less money. Right. Oh wait, okay, we're back to bad. <laughs> yeah, we're back to bad.
1: So. I like I like the synopsis that you wrote, actually, Evan, because that, that one's like just more, you know, it takes away a lot of the bad stuff. So I was seeing, <laughs> I was like, I was trying to make like an easy
0: one, but there's...
1: I mean, there's it's just, basically,
0: I, it is basically initially a revenge story, right? It's that she's got dad and grandpa, they, ninja and scientist, she's sort of caught between these two poles of her family. And then her family gets attacked and she sets off with her three robot friends to get revenge and the problem is as as i i think you would definitely attest to david that is the premise of the movie initially but then it like isn't a revenge story by the end like or even by like by like a a third of the way through it almost stops being a revenge story
1: (laughs) we move we move really quickly through emotions in black fox don't we
0: yeah it's so, I was actually really like the I would say the first half of the movie or so, I, I think it's pretty cool. And like as a revenge story, I was kinda like, okay, this works. This is cool. This, you know, she's like yeah. using her ninja powers to to take down the people who attacked her family. You know, I expected many other movies
1: besides what I actually got based on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the like the first couple of time eras that we're in. Because we time skip like what, once or twice in twice. like half an hour.
0: Yeah, yeah, because because it starts with her as a little kid, and then we skip to her, I guess, graduating high school. Right? She's trying to get into like the same She's college graduating. as her dad. Yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah.
0: then, uh, and then we skip like six months ahead after the attack on her family. It's not a huge time skip, but it's also like the death of adolescence, and yeah, it's it's just
1: it's so on the nose about Rika having to grow up very quickly. Like in six months, Rika has the whole dead family backstory. Uh, she is living on her own with the, with a roommate. Uh, she works as a detective on the side and she's a masked vigilante uh, after yeah. hours. Definitely doing so. like a
0: superhero thing where she's, you know, uh, full on doing Batman shit. She's like, you know, interrogating people at the edge of buildings and threatening to throw them off.
1: <laughs> we skipped like at least a decent third of a movie to get to this point. Because you know that the, the, the runtime is ticking, and at this point we're still like we're like approaching the halfway point. <laughs> um. So do you do you remember the wife character? <laughs> do I remember the wife? Do character? you remember the wife character? So let's let's talk
0: about the wife character because we're gonna come uh, up into what is uh, what is what is your Melissa, Melissa, Melissa. So, Melissa. so it's basically like the so Rika, our main character, right? She's she's. Six months grown up now, and uh, she's on her revenge quest. And she gets home to her apartment, and there's what is she wearing? Glasses, Melissa? Yeah. Okay, yeah, she's wearing glasses. She's a glasses character. She's got like long hair, and she's she fluffy. extremely fluffy, and like she's the domestic, she's you know roommate. Wow, yeah. She's she's very like you know she's <laughs> cooking and cleaning and whatever. She's and a trad like trad wife. She's a trad wife basically, uh, and she it it's this odd thing where like she comes home and she's like oh you know i'm making some food and and then you're like okay uh and she does apparently it's established in the first conversation she doesn't work she's like a homemaker but she's a roommate, she's a roommate. so it's like she, <laughs> she pays I'm rent gonna, does gonna, she pay I'm rent no she throw... doesn't pay rent she doesn't pay rent she just upkeeps the apartment in exchange for Rika paying all the rent which i live in san francisco and i'm just like sweating thinking about oh, having yeah, a roommate city. like that
1: the city is like New York, Japan. Yeah. It's like oh, it's very yeah. New it's got Japan, New York stuff. New York, but it's called Brad City.
0: Brad City. Welcome to Chad Brad City.
1: city. <laughs> Welcome to Brad City. Um, I love it. I love them
0: I I started screaming when a character mentioned that it was called Brad City. <laughs> Brad City. There's a little bit of like queer baiting going on in this movie. I not it's not as bad as I feel like it is in like Flip Flappers, which is so close to the line, but then just refuses to actually make the characters gay. Uh the, But like the trad wife roommate thing definitely feels like that, where it's like coming home to my wife who's not my wife. She's don't they sleep my roommate. In the same bed? Oh, I don't know. Maybe.
1: And Rika also assumes the name of Lily to, I guess, evade oh, attention. That's from
0: a good because lily is like associated yeah with yeah like yuri right i don't know
1: it's like it's like very light light yuri
0: yeah it always frustrates me i get that you know japan has different you know maybe
1: they wanted like in the original scripts to like make it like a
0: full-on yuri that would have been cool like that would have been way cooler much cooler just do it i i realized that you know like i think japan's social norms around lgbt stuff are a little bit different obviously there's people like you know fighting for rights there and stuff, but I think it's just harder for people to like justify making stories that are like outright just about gay characters. But right. uh I just still feel like we should just be like, please do it. Please make these stories and stop beating around the bush.
1: Right. Cause I feel like even, you know, if like the depiction is kind of off, at least it's like progress to like say like we were brave enough to try even if we got it wrong. It might inspire somebody to try harder and get it right.
0: Yeah, I as a not gay person, I I that I don't know. I I think that would be better than nothing, but well, uh, maybe maybe you know, that would be this, insulting to some people for them to try and get it wrong. So, <laughs> I just you know I think this is
1: just gonna lead into like this sort this conversation leads into the problem that I was having where we we're pretty far into the film now, and I'm, I'm do you care about the characters yet?
0: <laughs> I think Rika is like a decently sympathetic character. I don't really care about her robot I, friends which is like a robot eagle, a robot dog yeah. and a robot like flying squirrel.
1: The thing is she's kind of alone in the in the film she doesn't really have somebody to like bounce off
0: of. Well they try to do a thing that I think is a cute attempt but it doesn't really work that well where the uh where like the animals are like this peanut gallery, right? They they have like a oh, direct yeah. line they're like, they're to annoying. her while they're fighting and they they like make jokes, they make these like quips while she's fighting.
1: Right. Yeah, I think like, yeah, I think the drones are supposed to stand in for that. But, you know, it's I mean, this isn't this isn't near where we can like relate to like the shitty androids.
0: Right. Well, I I think that's a good point. Like they they serve largely as these tools for the plot and they have quips here and there. But yeah, it would have probably made a little more sense to make a to try to actually like have these moments of bonding between her and the robots. It almost like teases that at the beginning and you never really get it. It's like, she's kind of alone, right? You would think that she Mm -hmm. would develop a bond with these robots, these like animal drones, right? Instead, it's like, it's the relationship between Mega
1: Man and his dog, where his dog is just a Yeah, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) We made an hour and a half movie about a Mega Man character and all the different ways that his dog can transform to get over platforms.
0: Yeah, actually, speaking of, of... Mega Man, the original version of that, I think, is is even does it better than this, which is uh Cash Earn and Friender. Oh, I thought so, you were yeah. gonna say um uh Astro Boy. No, I don't think Astro doesn't have a robot friend. No, I mean the, the Mega Man, whatever his dog's name is, that thing is directly based on Cashern. Yeah, R- Mega Man and Rush is based on Cash Earn and Friender. What? Yeah, for sure. I don't know if that's confirmed, but it has to be. Cashner well, and the Kasherin. original like robot with a you know robot dog friend, a robot with a heart. Yeah, well, because he's a he's not actually a robot. Cashner's like a <laughs> s- neo human. He's like a human who's been turned into a robot. So he's like a robot with a human heart, whatever. So I mean,
1: logically, at this point, we are ready to meet a villain and oh god no yes. So
0: this is where the movie really starts to go downhill because at the beginning you're like okay vigilante ninja girl has robot drone friends this is this has potential she's on a revenge quest and then it's just this is where it gets bad <laughs>
1: oh shit so it's very it's hinted like once when rika's dad is still alive and reminiscing on the past and he had he had this uh coworker. Who, you know, they had differing ideals and it differed to such a point that this co worker is working for a company that sent the hit on, on the family. And now he's got all the research, and it turns out to be this guy that Rika really wants to nail. So Rika is out here doing her ninja stuff, and she finds out that it's probably Gradshim. <laughs> Not a
0: great name for a company.
1: Gradshim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, like, you couldn't just, like, adapt Amazon, be like, Omazon? Yeah, Bradazon. GradShame is, like, what, a pharmaceutical company, like, a tech company, Uber, and probably a WeWork all rolled up in one.
0: Oh, so it's got vibes. If they just like do, WeWork. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just, it's like, it's, uh, it's just every, it's every big startup corporation that you, that you know about, all rolled up into one and they make products and the city relies on them for everything. Uh, Rika finds out that there's like a hidden, like a hidden military division or something that's like not, you know, not publicly available. Like nobody really knows about. And she's snooping around and she finds out that her dad's research has been used to construct uh, some ghost in the shell robots. And they're metal gears. They're metal gears. Yeah uh so this is what i thought was really
0: good is like tech companies are evil yeah tech and, companies are evil yeah. and they're conspiring with uh the military to build uh you know tools for uh killing people so yeah like
1: strictly strictly Sounds military about right. purpose <laughs> it's like they don't even have to pretend like oh we made an eagle that makes uh, unfunny jokes and will
0: deliver your package yeah we made a duck that drinks milkshakes Everyone loves it. (laughs) Nothing could possibly go wrong.
1: (laughs) Nothing will go wrong. This is a problem that I have when characters are on a quest to do something, which is like, I'm going to kill this person, but they've got a companion that says... I'm going to find
0: out who killed my dad.
1: Yeah, and they've got a companion that says, no, you must not kill people.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's definitely... <laughs> there's
1: a lot hey, of that in this movie. <laughs> you're moving you're moving very quickly in one direction, and it really seems like the kind of thing where, like, you're putting off what you're actually going to do until you actually get there. And that's like, I'm just going to wait until I've got the guy that killed my dad in my hands, and then at that moment, I'm going to decide if I'm Batman or not.
0: Yeah, I think there's a way to do a revenge story like this, right? And, and like, you could... I, I think a lot of revenge stories have that theme that you, revenge is ultimately not the way to go, right? That that you right. need to learn how to, you know, let that rage go or something, right? But like, it just it sucks when the dog, like the robot dog, <laughs> yes. has to
1: tell you don't kill people.
0: Well, and the thing is, if you're doing it in a smarter way, you don't do it by having like a moralizing character who's right there next to the main character the whole time telling them not to kill people, <laughs> right? You can do it in other ways. You can have like. A character who's out for revenge and another character who's out to stop them and they are like effectively an antagonist right and then the main Mm -hmm. character has to learn from the antagonist that like killing is not the way or something right like there's various other ways to do it but in this setup it's like well what does the dog think she's gonna do when she finds the people why is he like just sticking with her and being like hey by the way just make sure when you're like super pissed about this whole revenge thing that you don't kill anybody it's like I know well, we're you're hanging murder out quest, with her you know what she's gonna do
1: like <laughs> is there a possibility that murder quest can just become like you know yeah. <laughs> not murder <laughs> have you considered you know yeah it's just it's harder to believe
0: like if you're with the character the whole time i i, I mean I, I was talking about dororo before and that's a story where like the like dororo who's traveling with Yakimaru, like it kind of turns into a revenge story but like dororo knows what Yakimaru is going to do and like and it's you know you can do it in a way that isn't just the characters like every time there's a choice you just stop them and then you know Mm -hmm. they never also importantly in dororo Yakimaru actually does bad things he doesn't Mm -hmm. get stopped every time and like preserve his purity right yeah
1: Isn't that an issue where she's like Rika doesn't really get to do bad things or right. suffer consequences as a result of bad things and then grow as a person. You
0: don't get to see her like fall and do something bad and then be like, "Oh, wow, like revenge has has, you know, left this mark on my life. Maybe I should you know, not do it."
1: What you really do see though is that like she meets a mysterious Rem Ayanami looking character. Oh my god, she's super ray. <laughs> Uh, and then they play chess for six hours uh but like with a fence
0: yeah uh, between that's cute i'm gonna say the fence chess game thing is a cute concept because it's like you know she can't get out of this Mm -hmm. she's like trapped inside of the facility for this company and then obvious to the to the viewer but like rika doesn't really know what's going on right yeah 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 it's a very dramatic irony kind of thing let's try to talk about the rest of the movie without spoiling. And then maybe we can loop back and, and discuss spoiler stuff. I, I do think like there there is a scene that I, I won't say the specifics, but there there's a, a scene where the movie gets close to doing some interesting stuff with the revenge theme where like Rika, you kind of think that she's not going to kill somebody. And you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, she's a good person. And then she like goes, all right, I'm going to do it. And she likes actually yeah. tries to kill the person and then gets stopped from doing it. But like, that was I was like man that okay that's something but it doesn't really come back to that. It's just like backs off and from that premise immediately.
1: <laughs> and it has to rely on this terrible character whose whole thing is just obsession and just you know pushing exploiting uh exploiting young girls to to do his bidding.
0: Yeah, he and the villain's awful. He's he's just crazy guy, right? Who's like crazy shrill guy who just yeah.
1: screams really loudly and uh it just really took it to heart that, uh, you know, he he wanted to use the drones for uh, for evil. And Rika's dad said no. I mean, it's a story about good
0: dads and bad dads. Right. Dads, mean, there's, bad dads. It's a little dad core, isn't it? It's it's kind of it's daughter core more than dad core, I feel like. Yeah. Because dad yeah. core movies are like four dads. Right. Right. Like like the ultimate dadcore movie is Taken because Taken is a movie yes. about your stupid daughter going yeah. on a trip It's unsafe even though you told her not to go and her stupid mom let her go on the trip right like it's very just mm-hmm. like angry seething dad who has to go pick his daughter up from school. So what what's like daughter core like the eye roll like dad? Well, this is like daughter making murder drones. This is like daughter core in that it's like both daughter rolling her eyes at dad who keeps making murder drones (laughs) and daughter who just like loves her cool stem dad right so much because he's so nice
1: she's gonna change the world uh she's gonna make a robot that uh she's gonna she's gonna invent like ai that's what she's gonna do
0: yeah well he already invented ai he's got he's got like snarky ai animals that follow her around right
1: but, I mean, to be to be honest, those, those
0: AI are kind of shitty. She could probably do a better job. Yeah, they could have better jokes. She's like, Dad, better I'm going to improve the joke algorithm in these animals. Were they
1: painted? I felt like they were... Oh, God. Even, like, okay, so
0: let's talk about that briefly. The, I'm not a big fan of the mechanical designs here. So the, the animal drones are designed by a guy named Kenji Ando, who did designs for Tiger and Bunny and Gacha Man Crowds. And it looks like he was probably selected for this because he has experience with mechanical and creature design. And so they were like, oh, we want to design mechanical animals, right? That makes sense. But, like, they look very boring. They're, they're yeah. a single color with some kind of, you know, organic-looking, like, bulbous shapes on them. So it's kind of, you know, going for this, like, hybrid organic mechanical look. But I was really... I was surprised by, like, the color scheme being so boring. They almost look like the robot in Neo-Yokio. The like Jude Law robot, where it's just a single <laughs> color with lines on it. <laughs> that's that's just kind of my take on a lot of the visual style of black foxes It is it's kind of underwhelming yeah, i I was just looking at the the robot animals, and I was like, man, can we have like you know some interesting accent colors on these or something, like anything other than right. just gray? They're just gray animals, <laughs> and then they do some kind of hologram thing where they look like regular animals, which is also kind of boring. I get it, It's like they need to be undercover, but like, can we make them look cool when they go into a fight? Can the can right. panels open up on them and have like green glowing stuff somewhere like anything?
1: right? It's like a missed opportunity because how often do you get to do like mechanical
0: animal design like that? Yeah, I mean, even just, I mean, look at a uh, look it's at like a showcase. I already forgot his name and you told me it before, but uh, the name of the dog in Mega Man or look at like Friender Rush. from Cash and Rush <laughs> or, or Friender like They have got, you know, different colors and more interesting shapes and things like, yeah, it's disappointing because I think Ando, I I think his designs are pretty cool. They also have that kind of hybrid uh, organic look in them in like Tiger and Bunny and Gotcha Man crowds. They're much more vibrant looking in those shows than these robots in this thing. Yeah, like the robot the robots look like mob enemy
1: characters from yeah, like yeah. Uh, I don't know like a PlayStation 2 video game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, they don't look like the their major characters even though they are.
1: It's like it's like the scraps from uh Metal Gear Solid 4's production.
0: Yeah, this this movie also has a little in general in the designs it has a little bit of an element of that like kind of I I never know exactly what to how to describe this. It's like video gamey genre mishmash designs right it's like ninjas and robots and like you know sci-fi stuff all kind of like smashed into the same Uh, like
1: it's a a little bit like uh late 80s ova
0: with the introduction of psychic characters as well Hmm. i think this is more of a modern thing though what i'm thinking like there's also the, the thing that seals the deal on that and i won't spoil exactly like who or what this is but there is a character near the end who has like they show up with basically like a priest robe, and it's just super like v- you know RPG video gamey, where you've got like cy sci- you know cyborg looking psychic character, ninja character, and priest character, and you're like oh, these are all <laughs> they, they look like they're from different shows.
1: Well, at least mention that the sh- uh, movie ends
0: like it wants to have a sequel, right? Oh my god, the end of this movie, yeah. <laughs> it. I thought it was a standalone movie. It doesn't end like it wants to have a sequel. I think you're being extremely generous with that description. This movie ends like it is the first episode of an OVA. Yeah. It doesn't even resolve. Like it sets up a bunch of stuff (laughs) that you would expect to be resolved in this movie. Uh, It's not like it ends and says like, "Whoa, it turns out there's a surprise real villain who we might deal with in the sequel. It introduces two villains, defeats one of them, and then just leaves the other one at the end of the movie. Like it's just like completely unresolved that I just, I
1: can't, I can't, I can't really get over how easily I was strict into just thinking that that was just going to be standalone.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought
1: it would it, be, it didn't
0: really, it really, it hit me way too late when it was like, this is a superhero origin story. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be against watching like a full version of it. Cause like sometimes origin stories can be, you know, not great. And then once something kind of gets its, you know gets its inertia going it can a superhero story can be more interesting so like i don't know if there's a tv show version of this that might be interesting except now let's talk about the animation production wise this Mm. i was pretty surprised because i was hoping for flip flappers with a movie budget and flip flappers already looks better than virtually any tv anime out there this looks worse than flip flappers (laughs) by and large like and it's a movie (laughs)
1: I honestly thought that this was a Kickstarter project. (laughs) I thought that like the whole Black Fox plays out like it's a Kickstarter scam that still miraculously results in a product. (laughs) Unfortunately, the product isn't very good.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised. I think it's probably like, I, I don't know, budget wise, maybe it has more budget than Flip Flappers had, but it doesn't have that same staff. Right. So I think like that, that's right something to be said for the fact that like money probably m- money is not everything, right? Like ha- having the director and, and the other folks involved on flip flappers, I think especially helped to make that show what it was. Yeah. And I mean, it has these, it has a couple of standout action scenes, right? I mean, there's some animators working on this who are phenomenal and, and like, it's, all, I mean, it's, just, it's a movie. it's So it's pretty short and it's kind of almost just worth it for the, for those few really cool action scenes, right? Like, the in particular the initial fight with the grandpa when they're training is great. Right. There's some good really start. good sword fighting in there. Uh and the direction in the fights are is really good too. Like the just the kind of choreography and and scene composition. Uh there's a great scene that's actually not it's not even depicting any any like major part of the story, but there's the scene where she saves the cat from falling off the building. It's got the grappling hook. Mm, oh yeah. Like great animation work on the grappling hook where it's, you know, kind of like coils out and then wraps around stuff.
1: See, but this is like one of those things where you have to like pick and choose the things mm-hmm. that we like and we can't just say like,
0: yeah, it's all super, it's all super worth it, even though it's got all these problems. Right. It, it's, it's not like uh it's not like Flip Flappers or like Mob Psycho or something where you can just be like pretty much this whole show, you know, end to end looks beautiful. <laughs> well, I mean, that's hard. Right. It's oh, hard. no, it's I'm really just... hard. It's really rare you get something that has that level of
1: production quality. <laughs> so that's why that's why I want to go back to like saying like, you know, I'm not sure where it went wrong because I think on paper it could have been pretty good, at least like the initial concepts for it. I'm not sure what happened in the middle of production where like, you know, some people put in like competent work, but then you've got 90 minutes of competent work and that's not a great movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll say on the on the positive side, once it gets through, like, you know, it, unfortunately, the second half of the movie is not so great. But I do kind of I sort of liked the relationship between uh, Rika and um, what's her name? Mia Mia, the yeah. psychic girl, because I think there's there's a nice element of like Mia being trapped in this enterprise that she doesn't want to be in. And she has this abusive father who's kind of manipulating her. Right. Like not just right, it's like it's
1: like the strongest story in the Yeah. Like even stronger than uh Rika's revenge quest to right. <laughs> avenge her dead her dead dad and dead grandfather.
0: Yeah, and there's like a lot of potential there that I, I just feel like in better hands could have turned out a lot more interesting, where you have this like girl who is driven by rage and revenge over her father who's gone, right? And then this other girl who is trapped by this abusive emotional relationship with a father who's there but is bad right? right yeah and like the two of them finding each other and like helping each other out of that and that's kind of there in the movie but uh there's like one or two scenes that that sell it and then otherwise it's it's really just it turns to just cheesy anime stuff there's a scene with the two of them talking on a rooftop that is probably the best part of their relationship in the movie It's after the dinner scene uh dinner scene love that dinner scene. dinner scene's pretty good yeah where they're like kind of they're they're unhappy with each other after rika saves mia and then like then there's a scene at the on the rooftop where they're still like you know rika's still angry and they kind of have it it's it's kind of cool because they they don't end the scene being friends but they end the scene where you get a sense that sort of like rika understands that mia is is you know ultimately on the same side as her but is trapped Mm
1: mm-hmm yeah. See, like, if I if I could change anything about the movie, I would make it more about that. As yeah, opposed for sure. To you know, all this other stuff that it wanted to lead up into, and you know, it results in this kind of void of a villain, There's just like nothing interesting going on with him. Right.
0: Yeah, and you could have done like much more interesting things with the con- with like contrasting these two fathers, right? And the idea of like one of them has a father, but he's bad. The other one had a father and he was good, but it's like, Mm -hmm. which is better, right? (laughs) Would you rather have a a (laughs) dead dad who was a good person or a living dad who's a bad person? Mm -hmm. But like that's there, but never really, it doesn't do anything with it. (laughs) There's like that contrast exists. All right. So let's answer a question from a patron about this movie. And then we'll talk about some spoilers after that. So, Here is a question from Zane Holland, who is one of our patrons on patreon.com slash If you give at least $2 a month, you get on the priority question list uh, for patrons only. So Zane says, I thought the movie was good. I'm a big fan of Three Hertz and everything they do. Thought the fights and animation was great. Not really sure what to ask as usual. Have you guys, uh, that's totally fine. Have you guys watched anything else that they have done and liked it? Uh, So to answer that first, uh, David, you haven't seen Flip Flappers, right? no okay i've seen flip flappers i would say in general it's i liked it more than average i like i said before i loved the animation didn't love some of the the it's like a male gazey thing going on in it that i'm not comfortable with but i thought that the story yeah the, the the story uh which kind of turns into this this kind of very dramatic uh, tragic magical girl thing is uh is, is quite good actually um and are either of you looking forward to a continuation of this movie he asks so me maybe i'd be i'd be interested in it but it really needs to have some like great animation not, for me to be down not as
1: a movie
0: mm, if it okay. was
1: a tv series then i think that opens up some more potential for for where it could go is that, you know i i think like even a bad start to what they want to make like a series out of is mm. you know it's not indicative of where it can go yeah you know maybe you know it's like a it's a thing that they make and they can reflect on it and say you know i don't know maybe they think they did a bang-up job <laughs> and there's nothing to fix and then they just keep on doing stuff like this but then again you know they could receive feedback like what we're giving from some other source and say like you know what yeah we did a. We bungled a few things,
0: but we can go back and really give it our all. all. Last question. Also, have you seen Release the Spice? Similar type story, but in a 12 episode show. It was pretty good if you like Teenage Mutant Moe Girls. Wow. I did not watch Release the Spice. I thought it seemed potentially interesting, but uh, I'm a pessimist, so I assume that it was probably not good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was good for all I know. Did not watch it. You didn't watch release? Yeah, I would have
1: to hear like three more voices say like, yeah, that was pretty interesting before I could say like, oh, okay, yeah, check it out. <laughs> I think Jared watched it. Jared?
0: Oh, maybe. I, sh- okay. I think Jared might have seen it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about some quick spoiler stuff that happens later in the movie uh, before we wrap up. You want to talk about Brad? Let's talk about Brad. We have to talk let's about, talk about Brad. Brad. Who is Brad? Brad is the uh, bald Jeff Bezos guy who has... Maybe a scar or just some sort of like bizarre grin or something. I'm not sh- totally sure. He looks like, like a
1: half Jack Nicholson Joker kind of thing. Yeah, he
0: looks like a Bond villain,
1: pretty much. And what worries me about any continuation is that that's going to be his full purpose. He's just a guy to blow up at the end, isn't
0: he? Yeah,
1: he's like diabolical, scheming villain, probably. Right. And this is, you know, this is this is where like our our whole like writing thing, like writing problem is coming in, where they just write characters like this where they're fully diabolical with no depth. Yeah. They just do evil things and our protagonists suffer for it. But let's talk about Brad and the fact that he Wait, can we talk all of these things Can we talk
0: about his name for a second? Because Brad not an intimidating villain name, I'm just gonna say. Oh no, Brad is coming to kill us! Like, actually, wait, like, Bradley though Bradley. is a villain in Full Metal Alchemist, and that kind of worked.
1: Uh, well, maybe that's because Full Metal Alchemist was probably good. I, I haven't. I'm
0: gonna admit, I never finished Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is excellent, uh, but Brad not intimidating. Brad, it's like uh, it's like the Street Fighter character Seth and it's like he's like a, you know evil like you know genetically modified organism or something it's like oh no seth is coming to kill us and you're seth. Like, okay seth from like hr all right seth, seth yeah. could be like a,
1: <laughs> like a pizza delivery guy
0: <laughs> seth could be your weed dealer yeah. <laughs> not good uh, okay so you're talking about brad brad, brad mayor Ingram. brad of mayor brad Brad Shame. president president (laughs) of grad
1: shame grad why don't they call it brad shame brad because he's not shameful okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh what are our other spoiler things oh we want to talk about melissa melissa Brad' wife yes trad wife brad brad wife
1: (laughs) 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 melissa is a drone yeah. rika's dad made a
0: wife robot that that by the way another thing that just feels like a complete setup for the next movie even though there is no next movie as of right now right and like there's no
1: setup either really they barely do anything it. with it
0: she just like helps a little bit at the end and then brad is looking at his computer monitor being like oh, i finally found you tried wife robot right
1: and there was you know what they tried to put in a clue in yeah, the middle of yeah. the movie when she cuts her finger while cooking and then it looks like Mia finds out fi- like she figures something out but then it's never
0: revealed. Well they they keep saying her hands are cold. Well, you know what they say about cold hands? Mm. What are they uh cold dick? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Trump thing. What are we that, doing here? <laughs> that's
1: um that is a different type of movie. <laughs> um, that is a different that is a different story. No, cold hands means warm hearts. Oh, okay. It's like it's like a thing. I don't know. I've seen it in Kaon come up a few times. I'm assuming I'm assuming it's like a uh, an expression
0: somewhere. Got it. So, that thing is just not they barely do anything with it. It's it's no. it would be fine if it was the first episode, but it's this is a, supposed to be a movie. Like <laughs> Right. <clears throat> so uh,
1: the thing like like, the thing that i just can't get over is like rika's dad did all this stuff but he made a wife robot like a a robot that that the purpose serves to just do domestic activities designed it in such a way to look like melissa Mm -hmm. but it's not even like a skeevy show like skeevy not really at all
0: there's no fan service to it which is we, we didn't mention that but that's good (laughs) yeah i mean that's like that might just sell people on it right there we should just we should have let up with
1: that it's like there's no there's zero this is a zero fan service show like whatever fan service might mean to you it's got none of it yeah like that might be part of why i think it feels kind of toothless because it doesn't do anything that would offend somebody
0: right uh what else happens at the end well they all band together yeah they make the justice league they do yeah mia gets uh mind controlled basically to fight rika rika learns the power of forgiveness and by the way i was screaming at the screen when this was happening at the end of the movie they're all just fucking idiots where he's like i am crazy and i will do anything to kill you and they're like okay we we subdued him and he's like oh can you ever forgive me and and they're like yeah okay we finally got him to admit he's wrong it's like what are you he's actually he's full on crazy like you're not gonna get this guy to like right. realize it. This guy needs to be, like you know, locked away somewhere and and given treatment for like whatever psychopathic episode he's having.
1: Don't like. <laughs> do they still blow him up at the end? I
0: think, I think he dies. I think he kills himself. Yeah.
1: Like. Oh no no yeah he blows himself up yeah. to to power up
0: Mia. It's that classic. It's the Batman thing or like any of these you know superheroes who don't kill people thing where you can't have the main character kill them. It's just that the bad guy like overextends themselves so much that they die in fighting the good guy right. conveniently. So the good guy doesn't have to have any blood on their hands.
1: The thing about the script writing on like Batman stuff is that it's often a lot more intelligent about maintaining this illusion mm. of, you know, Batman exerting enough physical dominance so that, you know, when somebody does die, it doesn't really feel like Batman killed them. Mm. And while in like Black
0: Fox, you just you're continuously stopped by the dog. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love anybody who fights using lethal weapons but has a code of <laughs> don't kill people. <laughs> right. That's always funny to me. What so is... it's like you're fighting with a sword. I guess they Im- they imply earlier that she uses the dull side of the sword, but it's like you're fighting with yeah. a sword, but you're like, right. oh yeah, but I'm not gonna kill you. Like, how sure are you gonna be you're not gonna kill the person when you're swinging a sword around at them? Right. And you're like not swinging a sword,
1: like you know, realistically swinging a sword. You're like doing anime spins and right. all that.
0: It's also like, I mean, Trigun. Trigun has that ridiculous premise of like, yeah, what I, I gun? shoot guns, but I don't kill anybody.
1: <laughs> who who is who's pushing this style of writing? <laughs> <I don't laughs> is there know? like a school that's just pumping pumping
0: out people like this? i don't know it sucks it's it's like past it's like this awful pacifist writing like like writing about pacifist characters is great but it's this thing where you're like well i want a pacifist character but i also want to kill the villains (laughs) and you just come up with some way to kill them without having the pacifist character get their hands dirty (laughs) yeah okay So i I have to mention one cool thing that the movie threw in and i wish the movie was full of more stuff like this which is the butt butt rockets did you forget about the butt rockets yeah. So, she, so Rika gets her new ninja costume. After weirdly deciding that she's going to, like, somehow synthesize her dad and grandpa, right? And she's like, I am going to combine <laughs> the scientist and the ninja in me. And then she's like, just puts on a ninja costume. And <laughs> so she's just full ninja. I don't even, like, I think it's a bad design. I thought it was okay. But yeah, it's a little, I don't like the, I think it's supposed to be like a some kind of traditional garb, but it. I don't like the fuzzy you know mask yeah, thing. why is it fuzzy yeah it just that just seems like it'd get in the way so she wears that right and it's kind of I, maybe maybe the point is that it's cybernetic it's like a cybernetic ninja costume so that's combining the dad stuff with the grandpa stuff mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she at one <laughs> she she needs to like charge at the bad guy and she activates oh right. rockets yeah. on her like hip she has these butt rockets yeah. like Astro Boy has butt machine guns. And I I, it was it's pretty good. It was I wish the movie was full of more like goofy more shit yeah, like more that stuff like
1: that. <laughs> you know, that's another thing to fix the movie is just like introduce goofy stuff like that where it can't be mistaken for some other thing. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the butt rocket anime,
0: right? I mean, like that, that's more like what Flip Flappers was. Like, Flip Flappers is fairly serious, but has these really psychedelic sequences where it introduces all sorts of very memorable visual elements and things that are like really out there. Mm -hmm. Not really much of that in this movie. (laughs) No. That's about it. Uh, Black Fox, not that good. Has some cool animation, has butt rockets. Two thumbs down, but, you know, potential
1: for something better to come out of it, maybe. Yeah. That's if, like, you know, that's if they want to make another one more brad anime please brad that just that sounds that sounds like an after hours kind of panel at the yeah at con brad anime. brad anime
0: 90s. it's just any anime with a character named brad or bradley full metal alchemist black fox yeah. uh anime brad time yeah featuring evan yeah all right one last question here which we which which is about halloween actually uh from billy yeah. denton on discord who i believe is also a patron what is the scariest kind of kimono mimi? David is our resident kimono friend. Well, I feel like I'm more of a kimono enemy for you. Well, all kimono friends are my kimono enemies. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, what are we? What are we defining kimono as? Cause like, I feel like kimono can also be like any sort of like living being. Just right? answer the
0: question, David.
1: <laughs> I got two answers for this, okay. but it really depends on on uh, on definition of what we're going to say is a kimono. I think I think the scariest kind would be like if the animal had like human ears, <laughs> <laughs> like like but like big like
0: big like you put human ears in the, at the same position and proportion that you put cat ears on an anime character,
1: right? And like behind for like, for the like hair, and more... they've got
0: giant human ears.
1: <laughs> because this is this is for like the character that's like looks like more kimono than human. Right? okay and then for like the character that looks like more human than kimono it'd be like it's that thing where they give the character animal ears but also give them human ears so
0: like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, have like yeah.
1: regular human ears but then they've got like fox ears on top of their head
0: right i've seen that i think uh, that show that i used to get really angry about in college magical nyan nyan taruto i believe the i think she has human ears and cat ears in that
1: right is that like that i feel like that's just a goof it might be a goof. That's like that's a just a design goof cuz like somebody that's drawing that character might be like, "Oh yeah, it's like a person, so they've got human ears." But then they also draw the, like the furry
0: ears and it's like
1: they're both functional. You
0: start thinking, yeah, like, "Here even better for show is one does one come off?" <laughs> Vestigial human ears. Oh, now you're getting into Azumanga Dio territory. Popping the ears yeah. off. <laughs> but I think I'd be really horrified like Silent Hill
1: style just an animal with big human ears. Yeah, you know like those like what are they like wombats or something? Like there's an animal that's got like huge ears, just like those but they're like human, they're fleshy.
0: I think ear shapes are already pretty horrible to begin with. Yeah, if you look if you too close look about, at like, an ear, it's like looking at a Lovecraftian monster. It's like yeah, it's like Junji Ito designed ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having trouble thinking of a scarier one than that. Cuz most of them do look I mean most of them do kind of look cute, right? I mean right because they're designed to look cute but i'm
1: thinking like a design fuck up of such a way where it's like oh no it's horrible <laughs> oh i got another one for you what do you got ears but they're in like the wrong place like they're they're on your shoulder blades oh there
0: you go that's that would be pretty bad yeah ears they're that wings. like come off of your ears that are wings yeah yeah I think david's <laughs> got all the good answers to this question <laughs> just huge like they're they're wing sized also right right. so they're like massive floppy like dog ears coming off your your back yeah that's uh maybe inconvenient i'm not sure how scary
1: that is but it's horrible taking a shower must suck if you're if you're like that because then you get all the water in your big ear right and you still have the human ears too and you have to like flip you have to flip yourself upside down to like drain (laughs) (laughs) no your human ears are
0: actually replaced with wings
1: Oh, well, I've seen that. Backwards,
0: yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen uh, ears that are wings. Someone screwed up in the character creator menu. (laughs) Oh, this is like that bit. It's a secret option in MLB the show.
1: (laughs) We're just doing Monster Factory now.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Send us in uh, your favorite monster girl with fucked up ears. And we'll try to design them in MLB 09. That's right. All right, I think that's it for us for this not-so-spooky episode of the Gamers podcast. Happy Halloween to everybody. Before we head out, David and I are writing for Otaku USA magazine. I'm working on three Ooh. articles about Grave of the Fireflies, Maiden Railways, the manga, which I talked about on this show, and I'm reviewing the new release from Dark Horse of What's Michael, the manga. Remember What's what? Michael? That's a good oh, manga. Oh, shit. A cat yeah. manga? Yeah. <laughs> I jumped at the opportunity to review that uh, What are you doing for a USA? I'm going to cover the EMEA cooking. Uh, I, I nominated uh, you for it in the email thread, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Shane and <laughs> yeah, told you I that, got it, but I, I, I said, like David needs to review the EMEA cooking.: yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm going actually
1: try to cook some of the stuff in there. I cool. heard that there's recipes in it.: Yeah,
0: nice. Uh, I've got AnimeBurgerTime.tumblr.com and David is streaming video games every Saturday night at twitch.tv slash uwu smallbean. What are you playing? What's next, Evan? Okay. What's coming what's up next? What's coming up next? On Saturday, November 9th, special guest me is coming on the uwu smallbean stream to go back to Shadow Moses Island and kill Liquid Snake.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: I really hope that we finish the game because otherwise it's going to be another six months. until Yeah, we can true. Record. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are returning for the Metal Gear Solid stream. So come check that out. We will try to record it also, but that might be a Patreon exclusive. So if you miss the stream, you might need to be a patron to listen to the mm-hmm. audio. And I don't have Twitch Prime, so that
1: recording probably won't be. <laughs> <laughs> the Twitch won't be recording it, I think. Mm.
0: Or at least if they record it, I think they delete it after two weeks. So there's a time limit on that one. You can check out show notes, blog posts, and a link to the official Annie Gamers Discord on AnnieGamers.com. We also have a Patreon. Support us on patreon.com slash AnnieGamers to get into the priority question list and access bonus articles and podcasts. Email us questions, responses, and topic suggestions at podcast at AnnieGamers.com or talk to us on Twitter at vampvo. That's me, at sign V-A-M-P-T-V-O. David is at sign Q X. 20xx and Annie Gamers is at sign Annie Gamers, one word, or on Mastodon at vantvo at mastodon.social and 20xx at caro.ccsakura.jp. And uh, if you send us questions on any of those things, we will try to read them on the show. And finally, episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music, and we can always use more reviews on there. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks, David. I don't, know. I don't always thank you so I'm thanking you oh thank you thank you for thanking me thank you for thanking thank me. You for thank, I want to thank you thank you for thanking me yes. just being very nice thank, at the end thank of this you. episode thank, thank you. you thank you we'll see you again in two weeks later
1: somehow survived my trip over to otaku no radio i'm oh, not otaku old taku no radio, radio. fucked it up yeah, fucked it up again <laughs> <laughs>